joining Word on the Street tonight is actually in, in my circles that I run in conservative circles is an absolute uh, godlike figure, Dinesh D'Souza. Best-selling author, filmmaker, his films, 2016, Obama's America, which I've seen, America, Imagine a World Without Her, Without Her I've seen, Hillary's America, famous centerpiece of Citizens United um, lawsuit, and now coming out, and Death of a Nation, which I hosted a screening of a couple of years ago, um, and now coming out next week, um, 2,000 Mules. Welcome to Word on the Street, Mr. Dinesh D'Souza. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be joining you. Thank you, sir. So let's start. 2,000 Mules, where does the title come from? The title comes from a uh, kind of a quick count of the number of mules. Now, a mule is a paid political operative who is hired by a left-wing nonprofit organization to deliver fraudulent and illegal ballots to mail in drop boxes. And in the five key states that decided the 2020 election, we counted more than 2,000 mules. As it turns out, it's a ridiculous undercount, but I decided to go really conservative. And so I say 2,000 mules, even though I'm able to show in reality tens of thousands of mules. So when you talk about these mules, I want want to understand for myself and my listeners, these are people that, these are not ballot harvesters. Like in California, where it's it's legal, you can go knock on doors, gather up people's ballots and take them to some some drop off some voting location. These are people. These ballots are fraudulent. They don't represent a vote. Is that true? That is true. But uh, let me uh, let me make a few important distinctions. Uh, You are right that California has, along with Hawaii and a few other states, a very liberal vote harvesting law. You and I could literally give our ballot to anyone and have them go deposited in a ballot drop box. Now, in the five states that we are talking about, namely Georgia, Arizona, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Philadelphia, that is not the case. In Georgia, for example, you're allowed to give your ballot to a family member, or if you are confined in a you know, nursing home facility, you can give it to your caregiver, but you can't give it to anyone else. So I want to just be clear that while vote harvesting is allowed in California in a broad sense, in Georgia, for example, it's allowed in a very limited sense, and in no state in the country, is it legal to have paid mules take these ballots and drop them off in drop boxes? That is illegal in all 50 states in the country. Full, uh, I'm sorry, Dinesh D'Souza is on with us, um, filmmaker, author, political commentator, and probably one of the fol- funniest guys on Twitter. Please follow him, follow him on Twitter because he is absolutely, um, I thought I was a good troll, sir. You are a great troll of the left <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I, I, I want to, so here in Georgia, let's focus here on in Georgia. Um, they had the ballot uh, drop boxes. This was rolled out due to covid Where do you place the blame for allowing this to happen in Georgia? Do you think the right was just outmaneuvered by the left? Um, What do you think happened here? Well, I think that the right, um, the Republicans, were, I think, naive and foolish to enter into consent decrees that 
essentially unleveled the playing field in Georgia, uh, that not only uh, weakened signature matching requirements, uh, voter ID requirements. So in other words, these consent decrees made it easier to cheat. Now, making it easier to cheat is not the same thing as cheating, right? right. I mean, a bank can have uh, security guards that only show up for a few hours. They can turn down the surveillance cameras. They can tell the tellers not to carefully match signatures. But that doesn't mean anybody robbed the bank. The beauty of our movie is we show you the robbing of the bank. So not just the unleveling of the playing field, but the actual execution of the fraud. So here's what um, is going on here in Georgia. We see, uh, I, I watched a trailer, uh, and we'll talk about when the movie drops, how people can see it, how, where they can go and everything towards the, at the end of the interview. But we see actual people. They're breaking the law. Why haven't they gone to jail in any of these states? I think the reason is that in some of the states you have a Democratic a political establishment, by which I mean Democratic Attorney General, Democratic Secretary of State. So this would be the case, for example, in Philadelphia, where they would be very eager to block any such investigation for the simple reason they are actually part of the coordinated enterprise. They're the ones who made it easy to, uh, in order for the cheating to take place, and the, and the cheating is obviously to their benefit, to their party's benefit. Now, What's harder to explain is why Brnovich in Arizona or Raffensperger in Georgia, in other words, places where you have a Republican Secretary of State or a Republican Attorney General, why they're not taking action. And here I think the explanation is more complex, and I'm not sure I fully understand it, but I, could, I can see at least part of it. So you take a guy like Raffensperger who came out right after the election, basically affirming this was a safe and secure election. He was lionized in the media. His confrontation against Trump was, you know, David against Goliath. So this guy found himself a kind of a media hero. So imagine how foolish he's going to look if he comes out now and goes, well, listen, there was a massive fraud operation going on right under my nose, and I didn't even know about it. And now a year and a half later, I see this movie and I see all this video. And the truth of it is I had the video. This is official surveillance video of the state of Georgia. So I can see the reluctance of these sheriffs to now admit that the reason the bank was robbed is that these idiots were looking the other way. Wow. Wow. I, I, I didn't think of. So so the, the, the argument against following through with what you're showing in your movie and you and True the Voter proving with geo, um, uh, uh, geo uh, what's the term I'm trying to geo look Geo-tracking. Geo-tracking. Thank you, sir. With geo-tracking, it is because I don't want to look bad. Essentially, is that that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's a combination of cowardice. It's a combination of I don't want to look bad. It's a combination of, you know, I was, I was presented as the savior of the country in the media, and look at the way these people are going to turn on me now. So it takes tremendous integrity to follow through on this stuff. But look how easy it is, right? We have, when I say we here, I do mean through the vote, the cell phone IDs of all the mules. And through the vote is perfectly happy to turn those over to law enforcement. The mules can easily be arrested. You can sit them down and say, who paid you? Who organized this? Who's behind the fraud? It's not that hard to do. And so there's really no rational reason not to do it. And I'm hoping that the big public outcry that's going to follow this movie is going to put a lot of political pressure, not just on Republicans, but 
Democrats to take action in response to the fraud that you can see in front of your eyes. We just had our gubernatorial debate um, here in Georgia on Sunday, and the centerpiece of David Perdue's campaign, and and open disclosure, I'm a huge uh, Governor Kemp fan, but the centerpiece of David Perdue's campaign and also at the debate on Sunday was about election fraud and accusing the governor of doing nothing. The governor's response to that as a, in our Georgia Constitution, which is different than some other states, the governor can't do anything. It's up to the uh, secretary of state and the attorney general to to proceed with, uh, you know, with investigations and legal arrest, arrests and, and taking it to a, a court. Um, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I will say that, that, and I've had this policy pretty much going back to my first movie on Obama, uh, and that is I generally try to stay out of internecine Republican you know, arguments, because people will constantly say to me, will you endorse this guy? Because Understood. he's running against a rhino. And I say, look, I am, I, I, I recognize American politics is played in teams. And what I want to do is unify the Republican Party against a Democratic Party that is actually almost specialized in voter fraud. I mean, what we're talking about in this movie is a very old style of voter fraud that goes back, you know, goes back decades, if not more than a century, almost goes back to some of the schemes concocted in Tammany Hall in the 19th century. What made the 2020 election different was COVID and was the fact that absentee ballots, which are normally a relatively small or modest part of the overall vote, suddenly became a huge part of the vote. And so I think the cheaters realize, oh, my gosh, we have an opportunity like we've never had before, and they took full advantage of it. You're in the movie, in the trailer, excuse me, um, in the trailer, Dennis Prager uh, says early on, I'm a skeptic, I'm an agnostic, I think is the correct term that he used. And that's where I am. You know, I, I, I know something doesn't seem right. I don't feel like everything was on the up and up, but I need evidence. I need, uh, you know, uh, I, I need to put my finger on something. In your movie, what is the number one thing that I need to see um, in order to move me, like Mr. Prager, from agnostic or or skeptic to full-time believer and moving forward? Well... First of all, I will say we had kind of a, you know, I had sort of a a good idea with the Salem hosts, which was, and Salem hosts here referring to people like Charlie Kirk, Dennis Prager, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Metaxas, and Gorka, and uh, Larry Elder. Dennis Prager and Larry Elder were the the two on the most skeptical side. Um, Metaxas was sort of someone who came in, you know, convinced that something went deeply wrong. It's like, show me, you know, show me what. Charlie Kirk was sort of in the middle. But what we did with our film crew is we filmed them at the beginning talking about the issue without showing them any evidence. And then we showed them the evidence, and we literally filmed their reaction. because so, so no rehearsal, no prep. They weren't given any briefing about what they're about to see. And then we just let them argue about it right after. And all of that's in the movie. So I think it makes the movie very compelling, because it's not a movie that's just like trying to substantiate a single point of view. It brings in intelligent people, admittedly right of center, but across the spectrum, to engage the evidence, discuss it, debate it, answer questions about it. So I, I'll simply say to you, I totally understand your position. I absolutely shared it before I saw this kind of evidence. I am very confident that when you see this movie, you will be literally blown away and you will, you will see for yourself that there is coordinated fraud of a magnitude 
more than sufficient to make the difference, not in one state, not in two states, but in all the five key states that decided the election. As we move forward, we passed a voter integrity bill here in Georgia um, that has was suppo- that's supposed to stop a lot. My left-leaning friend said it's filled with voter suppression and, and all of that kind of stuff. We have their talking points. On our side, we passed this law. Do you think the laws that are being passed across the country, particularly in those five battleground states, do you think those laws are going to be strong enough to protect against what you are proving happened in 2,000 mules? No, I do think that the laws are doing some good, and I certainly think that strengthening ID requirements, tightening signature matching, um, prohibiting private money uh, like the Zuckerberg money from not only paying for the drop boxes but literally infiltrating election offices, I mean, those things are uh, are obviously to the good. Uh, there, are, there are some obvious further remedies that jump to mind that are very easy to do and don't cost much money and certainly are, are very um, – um, can be done easily in today's technology. So, for example, is there any reason why any of these five states, or, or any state for that matter, shouldn't have 24-hour surveillance of the mail-in drop boxes? No, because that's one simple way to assure a certain kind of transparency. And obviously, it's going to be really hard for mules at 3 a.m. in the morning wearing gloves to show up at these drop boxes and start stuffing them with ballots one after the other if this is going to be recorded. But a lot of these places even though the election guidelines say you should, and even though these states and, and counties said they would, they did not, in fact, install surveillance cameras. And so as a result, there's no video. Now, we have a lot of video, but we don't have a lot of video from all these different places where we should. So that's just a simple kind of no-brainer, common-sense type of reform that needs to happen just to keep, quote, an eye, a public eye, on what's going on with the mail-in drop boxes. So what you just explained, because here in Georgia, the drop boxes moved to in- inside polling locations that are locked after a certain hour. So what you've kind of just explained is why Republicans in the state of Georgia put that in our voter integrity bill. Yeah, and I don't know all the specifics of the bills, and I don't mean to sort of analyze each one particularly. I'm sort of trying to comment generally on what needs to be done. Now, with regard to what you said about your friends on the left who say that this is voter suppression, look, if their premise is right, then their conclusion does follow. So their premise is this was the most secure election in history. And so their view is, listen, since everything was so fantastic the last time around, there's obviously no problem, and therefore there's obviously obviously no need for a solution. And therefore, if Republicans are producing, quote, solutions, it must be that they have some ulterior motive like voter suppression. So again, if the premise is true, the reasoning is actually pretty sound. But of course, what I intend to show in this movie is to blow the premise out of the water and show that the premise is not true. And if the premise is not true, then the conclusion becomes nonsensical. Absolutely. And the remedy of voter integrity acts become necessary. Exactly. Uh, where can people find a movie? Uh, let let our listeners know when does it drop. Where can we go? Uh, run out and watch this movie. Where do we do that? 
The movie opens next week. It's the premiere week. You can see it a lot of different ways. One way is to see it. In, it's in 300 or so theaters around the country, but only on two days, Monday and Wednesday, May 2nd and May 4th. There's a virtual premiere on Saturday, May 7th, which allows a quarter of a million people around the country to essentially zoom in. You buy a ticket, you have an access code, you zoom in, uh, and you're able to not only watch the movie, but watch a live Q&A and discussion to follow the movie. And it's the same price as a movie ticket. And, and at the end of next week, the movie is going to be available for digital download. Literally anyone will be able to watch it. I'm only putting it, though, on uncancelable platforms. So, you know, the video platform called Rumble. Rumble owns a platform called Locals, and Rumble is going to be heavily promoting the movie, which you can see on its platform called Locals. It'll also be on a platform called Salem Now, SalemNow.com, because I've made this movie in conjunction with Salem Media. So these are places that that the left can't like pull it down, but that's why I'm not putting the movie on Amazon iTunes or or Amazon Prime or you know I've done those things in the past, but it makes me too vulnerable to the other side being able to sort of pull the movie down. Absolutely. How I know I I wanted to get I want that to be the last part, but I I have to ask this question as we go into these very important midterms, particularly here in Georgia, um, we have opportunities. Um, our governor is going to be in a tough, tough race with Stacey. Abrams again. Um, we have a Senate race, a, a probably prohibitive favorite, Herschel Walker against Raphael Warnock, and a lot of congressional races. As we go into these midterms all around the country, particularly in the five battleground states, what do you anticipate? What do you see happening? Well, I think that um, I think that um, Republicans have a tremendous advantage if they're able to run not only on the horrible record of the Biden administration, which that case is, I'm not going to make it here, but it's not a hard one to make, but also the fact that something was deeply wrong in the 2020 election. I think it's a grave mistake to sort of whistle past that one and say, in effect, that doesn't matter, let's move on. Because if it is true, again, we come back to the premise, if there was systematic coordinated fraud that tipped the balance in the 2020 election, Election. That is a very serious matter. I mean, that is actually constitutionally we're in uncharted waters. The Constitution doesn't even contemplate what happens if a president gets put into office and it comes out a year later that he cheated or, or that there was cheating on his behalf, organized by people on his own side and in his own party. So I think that this is a matter of grave concern to the Republican base. And so my view is that if you combine an examination and a frank and honest evaluation, I'm not talking about conspiracy theories or unsubstantiated accusations or suspicions or even anomalies. Anomalies aren't fraud. Uh, fraud is fraud. And so I think it's important to focus on the truth, focus on the fact that, look, something went very wrong in 2020. These guys cheated big time. As a result, we got Biden. Look at the effect of what Biden has done to us over the last year and a half or almost two years now. It's time to teach these people a lesson that they'll never forget, not only because they're their policies are bad, but because we got to stop the cheaters from doing it again. Absolutely. So uh, I'm one of those people that say, you know, hey, um, I, uh, Miranda Devine uh, had a great article in the New York Post, I believe, yesterday talking about the launch of 2000 Mules. Um, and sh there's a line in it where she says she sees it as a base, uh, a sporting event. You lost a game. They cheated. You go concentrate on winning. You're saying there's a concentration on winning, but you also have to acknowledge that you got cheated before. And, and stop it from happening again. 
Yes, and the reason is that the timidity of the Republicans on this topic uh, provokes the aggression of the Democrats. It's very similar to what they're doing with using the DOJ to go after their political opponents, or even to stack the Supreme Court and pack the court. The reason they're confident in doing it is they know we'll never do it to them, because our side is principled. So their point is, let's go for 14 justices or 16 justices, because if the other side happens to win, they're going to stick with nine. Then we'll come back and push for 15 again. So the, the Democrats have a sense of immunity in being able to do their sort of they're able to cross the line in the full confidence that we will be the nice guys and never try to retaliate when we come into power. Assuming all, uh, you know, everybody says we come into power in November, do you think we should go full bore and do everything to them what they've done to us and more? Well, I do think that we need to hold them to account, and that's really all I'm trying to say. I mean, if it's legitimate to impeach Trump, for example, over a speech that he gave at the rally, let's say the rally in January 6th, well, there's, there's a huge mountain of evidence that says it's perfectly okay to initiate proceedings against Biden. But, you know, Republicans have always had a very high bar for, uh, for initiating any kind of impeachment proceedings. It's like, wait a minute, what are the high crimes that he's committed? Well, the Democrats don't care about high crimes. Their point is, what's our excuse? Is, right. Do we have any pretext whatsoever to launch an impeachment? And if so, let's go. Because even if we fail, we'll paralyze this guy for weeks, if not months. And so how, is, how are we going to tame that kind of aggression if we don't, to some degree, show them the same in kind? Absolutely. I'm on the phone with Dinesh D'Souza. Our time is running out. I'd like to ask you one more time to give out where the movie can be seen, when it can be seen, and I believe uh, I'm going to find the, the uh, movie theater here in Georgia for uh, Monday. I, you said Monday and Wednesday of next week, correct? In movie yes, theaters? exactly. The place to go is 2000mules.com, so it's the number 2000, 2000mules.com. You can actually enter your state. Enter in Georgia. It'll tell you all the theaters it's playing in the state, and then you can decide which one is nearby, which one works for you. And by the way, if it's not playing in a theater near you, do consider attending the virtual premiere because, yes, that's watching at home and watching online, but it's a fantastic event, and there's an added, the added element of a sort of debate and discussion of the implications and um, the meaning of what you see in the movie that's going to follow the movie. Absolutely. Well, we'd like to uh, get our listeners out, so I'm planning on, I'm going to try and figure out a way to get uh, that Monday afternoon screening, invite all our listeners out to join me and watch it all together as a family. That's what we, we try and do here in Georgia, you know, the Southern thing. I like it. You know, the, the showings are only the 7 p.m. showing, so it's one showing, Monday and Wednesday, May uh, 2nd and May 4th, 7 p.m. showing, a whole bunch of theaters around the country, including a bunch in Georgia. God bless you. Thank you for doing this, and we appreciate you, and thank you for joining Word on the Street. Um, Dinesh D'Souza, um, po- political pundit, commentator, author, documentarian, and just all-around brilliant, brilliant man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.